0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Heart Story interview today. I have Rhea Loveguard with us today. I love her name. And um, we're gonna be talking about a lot of interesting topics about relationships, um, kind of when to hold, when to go, all the different intricate dynamics that go into why people get together, how they stay together, how to work through the hard times and navigate for your best relationship. So welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. I love it if you could share a little bit about your journey, your experience, and um, even your partnership, whatever you wanna share.
1: Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. Um, I felt cold to, uh, to join this show because I've got a perspective um, on relationships that um, I feel like is a relevant voice in the personal development and the spiritual community. And by the way, I'm not a relationship expert, however, from my experience of nearly 12 years together with the same partner and living really happily, even though it's not been an easy uh, ride together, we've been through a lot of challenges, uh, a lot of difficult things that could probably break many couples, I wanted to share my voice in this whole relationship discussion and put Put my perspective, because it may uh, it may inspire someone, may support you in your journey wherever you are, whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship. Uh, as I said, I'm not specializing in relationships. I'm actually a spiritual guy. I'm a spiritual activator and a catalyst, meaning that when people come to my orbit, usually their unique divine gifts awaken. I activate people's light language, people's voice, um, but. At heart, I'm also an entrepreneur. I've run businesses all my life. I've never been an employee. Since I finished my university, I have had multiple different businesses. Some of them failed spectacularly. Some of them took off spectacularly. And at the moment, um, I am uh, also coaching people on, on how to merge the energy with the business. Uh, but also my main specialism is actually helping people claim their sovereignty and heal themselves internally from the ancestral patterns, from the karmic patterns, which all contributes to a good relationship. So <laughs> if I can start with something, uh, very often when we talk about relationships, good relationship dynamic and all of that, we we tend to think about changing the other person. But uh, from my over a decade long uh, experience in my own relationship, the biggest breakthrough when our relationship improved was with when each one of us embarked on their own healing journey healing from the traumas from pain from past relationships from childhood from ancestry which wasn't an easy path but goodness me it's so much different than it used to be <laughs> when you do not get triggered where you don't explode when you don't rub each other the wrong way but where you actually support each other through the process because you haven't got so many wounds because the thing is most of us humans we walk in wounded Wounded from something that happened to us earlier in life, uh, wounded because of some other issues that may even be generational patterns. And when we are walking wounded, it doesn't really take much when that wound gets touched and and it, 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 it hurts and then a hurt person hurts another person and this cycle perpetuates. So I suppose when we talk about relationships, the best thing you can do for your relationship is to actually work on yourself
0: right absolutely it does take a shift where you think I just got to find the right partner you know and you know then we're just going to be happy and living in a beautiful mansion with our picket fence and you know all these things but it really does come down to yourself and you're going to mirror that with your relationship partner And i think that that's a hard pill to swallow sometime that it's actually you that you need to face
1: yeah and especially for as women uh uh, remember having this conversation before our interview here with my husband and 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 i said to him okay i'm I'm kind of um coming on this show and he said if you can just say one thing from a man's perspective please just to women please just support us don't try to fix us and i'm like (laughs) I'm like, okay, yeah, as women, we, we do tend to try to fix our partner and to make him a better version of himself and, uh, you know, like, and I feel like this is so ingrained in yeah. uh, literature, in film, in all the popular culture, but we, you can go back with archetypes and mythology of, you know, Hades and Persephone, but then we've got the same kind of uh, theme uh with uh, i don't know twilight you know he's the vampire he's the monster and she's tailing this monster and he will be protective only for her for the whole world he's this badass hero but for her he changes you know like a beauty and the beast or uh 50 shades of grace the same theme of this man being quite hard and badass but in the presence of this woman he he becomes this soft caring, loving person. And sometimes we we kind of, we tend to think that our life is like the stories and do this to our men. So a message from, from, from my husband to all the women was just support us, just be with us, just hold space and don't try to fix us.
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like it almost goes into like the woman's nature of nurturing and it's like the woman just sees all the components of what's happening and like sees the the vision and the potential and, you know, it's that's definitely a shift too.
1: Yeah, yeah, just letting them develop in their own time. And um, I may share a personal story of how we have both been healing and developing within our relationship. So our relationship wasn't bad. It was a good right. relationship to start with. It's always been based on a foundation of friendship which i feel like it's again friendship is underestimated in relationships people tend to put the um passion on a pedestal passion is great and i'm not saying that there shouldn't be passion because of course it's beautiful with passion but for us the foundation is not passion foundation is friendship and again this is just our relationship dynamic yeah. everybody's got their own but for us the foundation was friendship so the relationship wasn't bad to start with it was a good relationship however there was a time when i was becoming more aware uh, more kind of uh, working on a personal development and spiritual development and manifesting and you know like doing meditations and stuff like that my husband's just there playing yeah.
0: field
1: yeah not interested in it and my natural thing was like, oh my God, I'm here discovering all these amazing modalities that can change my life. And he's just, just being a normal bloke. Like what what's going on? And by the way, when we first met over a decade ago I'd known he's had supernatural psychic gift, but it was something that he completely didn't use. He pushed it to one side. We were running very down to earth businesses, completely shut that off just to be like a normal, normal person. <laughs> right. <laughs> So when I was starting to awaken to all this like modalities that there's so much more than this physical reality, there's so much more than the world of five senses, he was not even interested. And that was probably around 2014 to 2017. And it continued on, but he never stopped me. So it was never like, you know, you, you're weird. I don't want you such a, no, it's just like, you do your own thing. I'll be watching a match or playing uh, uh, a playstation yeah if you want to go meditate go meditate if you want to do yoga <laughs> do yoga you know like who cares like you've yeah. got your... so that was that and uh, i was um I, I felt like i was developing i was learning and then something clicked uh for him he kind of opened up uh actually i think in a meditation but when he actually put the step he he accelerated. He's overtaken me on 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 this development journey. His consciousness is so much more advanced, and it was almost like the growth is non linear. We don't have to be on the same trajectories. Our partner it doesn't matter, male or female dynamic. Who is first? Who is second? Usually, women with the um, like more being in touch with themselves and more introspective, more aware of their emotions. Very often, we are the ones who like. Awaken first and we have to have a lot of patience not to kind of try to convert our partner to our ways, but actually let them discover it for themselves because I feel like this and this is true in any relationship, the energy of pushing,
0: right?
1: it actually repels people. The more you push, the more that person steps back and you can say the same about in business, when you're trying to push your client or push a sale, people just take a step back. So common sense is to give people space.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure that makes a big difference too. Did you have to like fight against yourself not to kind of push him into a deeper spiritual path?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I I remember this one. It it was it was like a moment. It was like uh, I was actually I was ironing a t shirt. I was ironing a very specific t shirt that he's got. He's still got it even though it was worn off because. It would be- <laughs> We keep it a bit like a relic because I remember, uh, I remember listening to this kind of spiritual development podcast, uh, and can't even remember what it was. But I remember the interview, I ended this t shirt, and it's almost like time sold down. I'm like, and I'm being told once he awakens, everything will change. Once he kind of and and actually, and I was being almost like being guided, it was like an intuitive voice saying if you just support him it's very important that he awakens and off he went to the races woke up uh you know found that it's super easy for him with his consciousness to access akashic records to um to do anything any kind of psychic stuff and started expressing himself like that and lo and behold now he's teaching others uh whereas you know <laughs> if, if maybe if i pushed he would be Really, kind of like backing off, but no, it go. I feel like what you said about the women' nature to be to nurture, to care, to try to fix. Yeah, yeah. it it kind of yeah, it definitely went against my nature. Right. <laughs> it was, but but that that moment then when I was told like to just support, that changed everything. It didn't take long after that. Maybe month or two and he totally shifted his life and trajectory and it was like it was like a blitz acceleration yeah.
0: absolutely i think that there's something that when a man's being pushed or maybe even a female too but this particular situation like a man or suggested over and over and over again whatever it is they almost feel like it's their mom
1: yes. and
0: it's like the woman's like no i'm not trying to be your mom i'm i'm literally like want to help you and like how could the feminine not want to help her man you know like it seems almost unnatural not to try to encourage in that way but yeah. then it's like as soon as the man as soon as he hears that and he's like okay i'm being told what to do stop you know
1: and yeah. then then, then they, they just label it as nagging and they switch off right
0: right exactly like as soon as it registers that there's no movement so that's amazing that it only took about a month and a half of you backing off and then he was like oh what's she up to maybe you know
1: <laughs> that's exactly how how it was and and then we went on and that was really interesting because what happened was I was being given guidance by one, my spirit guides um to follow the grid which I had no idea what it meant uh-huh. uh, Follow the blue light and learn about sacred geometry. I was like, "What the heck is that?" I didn't know any of it, and I'm like, "Okay, follow the grid. What is the grid?" Ah, there is something like an energetic grid of the earth, and I, 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 I lived in Australia at the time, and I'm like, "I don't know what the grid is, but Uluru, the the AS Rock, that's like a very spiritual place. So let's go there." let's go there and I just followed this guidance and we and we, we 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 went on this journey um three days through the desert in our uh in our four by four at the time and it was really funny because it's like the universe was giving us this little clues because every maybe few kilometers we were uh, we were kind of passing a sign which said grid uh, but didn't mean the earth grid or energetic yeah. grid the cattle grids <laughs> and it was like okay we're on the right way and then when he went there on Uluru it's almost like all his memories from past lives everything was unlocked he got connected with his guides and then my intervention was needed then he took the leadership role and I kind of was a partner following along not dragging him along
0: right (laughs) and when you were going through your awakening and he was kind of being a regular bloke as you were saying do you feel like you were kind of dragging him then or
1: Uh, i no no i you know i had a wisdom wisdom of my business partner at the time a female business partner we were running an online business together and and we we were both awakening and by the way that awakening then then uh then caused us to depart from the business because the business stopped resonating but that's another story but we were both awakening and we're both married uh in stable relationships and we were having you know all these kind of questioning everything questioning patriarchy questioning how we've been conditioned to be wives and 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 all of that So I felt like I had an outlet for my weirdness and having this conversation with my female friend and having her wisdom. And she, she had extreme patience towards her relationship. But in the end, she walked away from her relationship years after, but when it was all happening, uh, we, we had each other. So I didn't have to look for that support in my partner. Because I have another partner, another life partner, a business partner, we could process it together.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Very helpful. It's almost like the woman kind of can get like the high priestess secret intuitions mm-hmm. and then she almost has to like sit with them and then just watch it unfold rather than put her hand in and kind of forcing it all.
1: Yeah, I I, I suppose it it is just also the case that very often uh, even as women we we do operate a lot in masculine energy and i'm not saying that we shouldn't because we need to have a mix it's a balance of both right uh, but you know that's when we like oh, action 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 and yeah. learning to surrender <laughs> learning to let go learning to hold space that's very very feminine but very very um almost like against our nature <laughs>
0: right right absolutely also like if the man isn't really holding that masculine line there then the woman kind of has to go back and forth more than just kind of relax into easier to surrender that way you know
1: absolutely but at the same time you know what we know as masculine and as feminine is not the pure energies we very likely if we had one of our parents embody the masculine or, or feminine in a healthy way. Yeah. Uh, we super lucky if both of our parents were like that, but unfortunately, and it then boils down and goes further into generational patterns. It's like, you know, we usually have some wounding, whether it's, and I don't like to, to, to talk about toxic masculinity because there's toxic femininity as well, but, but we have, you know, we haven't gotten, we haven't got healthy leadership patterns that we can actually even model our relationships on we growing up the there is so much distortion there's so much challenge because people perpetuate the trauma of their grandparents great-grandparents and when we actually come together as two people to form a relationship it's not just us it's um it's us and the whole baggage of the previous generations and sometimes. All the wounding that also comes with it, and I remember listening to this uh, interview years ago with uh, with a psychologist, and she said, you know, people think that they get together, get married, and as a woman, you think you think that you're marrying a thirty year old accountant, but you're actually marrying a three year old boy who's been kind of bullied by his older brothers, for example. So you know, these roles that we have and the titles and job titles and whatever, that's one thing. But if you strip a layer. Right, You will feel the trauma and that's actually trauma is what makes relationship difficult because we are not usually in a pure expression, in patience, in love. It is love, of course there is love, but it's almost like tainted love, tainted by trauma, tainted by pain, by expectations. And the more of these layers we strip, the more of these wounds we heal, the easier we are to be around and the easier we are to actually support our partner.
0: Right, absolutely. And what's your take on how someone could go in and heal the wounds, first even recognize there's a wound there, take responsibility or accountability for it, and then kind of go into their own healing space with that?
1: Yeah, I suppose with the wounds, um, I always say that every trigger is an opportunity. Yeah. Every time, but to get to that stage, we need to know what it actually feels like to be in a regulated state Would our nervous system calm when our energetic field calm how does it feel and we don't know it usually when we start we don't know because things that are normal in our society are actually are they normal things like stress is stress normal should it be our normal thing but it's almost been normalized because we like we put on a CV. And by the way, I haven't sent a CV for a long time because have never been really um, employed back. I, I, I remember when I was learning how to write a CV at the university, it was like, I can work under stress or you know, great thriving under pressure and stuff right. like that. And all of these things that we feel like are oh, they're good, they're kind of normal, they're not really normal. It's it's possible to be in in a relaxed state and, you know, from my own journey of spiritual and personal development, I've noticed that at the beginning, it was like when I was meditating, I was getting into that state, but when I was getting out and about and dealing with problems and I was in a very stressful business, very toxic environment, um, then I was obviously getting out of this Zen state and right. then getting back in, in my half an hour meditation or so when. I started healing and clearing all this trauma and pain, I've learned that, hey, this state is available 24-7 and actually then it's very easy to notice when we go into the dysregulation, the blow ups, the kind of, you know, arguments. Uh, And at this moment now, it doesn't mean that me and my husband never argue, but it kind of almost like took the fuel out because there is not so many triggers. However, when we were going both through our healing, emotional healing um, journey, it was even worse right. <laughs> at some point because it was almost like we were ready to to strip those layers, to heal. But sometimes in order to heal, it's almost like, it's like you have to agitate right. in order for this stuff to come up to the surface. It's like, imagine uh, like, I don't know, a glass of water, that the, if our energetic field, our body, our self is just this beautiful glass of water, it's all clear, it's all harmonious, that would be ideal, but it's not like that. It's more likely like a bit of stone there, a bit of moss there, and it all goes to the very bottom. We need right. to stir it and shake it, and then the things come up. No one right got a chance now. to scoop it and clear this this whole water, which is naturally clear. It's the same with triggers. Every right. time there is something like where you blow up, or something really bothers you, but like it's almost like it bothers you beyond rational mind. I mean, like why does it even bother me so much? Right. And you start asking yourself, okay, why? What is it? Is it something? And you can look at layers. Is it something from my childhood? It is usually it boils down to some kind of lack of love. Uh, right. like, like we're trying to fill that lack and and you know it's actually facing those shadows facing those wounds but once they come up to the surface you get a chance of like reprogramming it going to right. the source okay i've been wounded this has happened or that has happened and I understand i recognize my pain i recognize maybe even my ancestral pain maybe something that's been carried through the generations you know i've with clients where like, I don't know, three generations of women repeated the same pattern of relationships. And it's like, okay, I understand that was the circumstances. I understand life was tough. But today, I'm choosing something different. I'm not breaking the pattern, I'm releasing it. I've got respect for the pattern that doesn't serve me, those limitations being just a coping mechanism. That was right. the best my ancestors or my younger self could do under circumstances but now now i realize it doesn't serve me anymore so right. I can let it go. and then off to the next one
0: yeah so it's yeah. like yeah. facing it is the first thing not avoiding it and yeah. um, i always say kind of like loving it or embracing it forgiving yourself for the component aspect of it mm-hmm. and then starts to transform as soon as you choose a different path how long do you think that you kind of have to choose that path to get on the other side of that wound space
1: i actually the way i am saying with my husband the way we work energetically if you do something uh if you go to the very core if you actually manage to trace the origin of the wounding it's once and for all that's the beauty of what I call energy work over mindset work, because right. when we're just rewriting limiting beliefs, where we work with mindset and we're not addressing where this limiting belief comes from, what's the actual origin of it. Like I take a different example, uh, not from relationships because yeah. this is the example. so for example, someone believes that, um, someone, so, someone's got problem with money. Right. And not attracting money into to his life, always um, not enough of it, whatever. This lack may stem from different circumstances, it can be something that they've experienced in childhood, but it could be even something along the lines of something really potent um, and significant happened in the ancestry, maybe, for example, The fear around money comes from the fact that I don't know, a family has uh, had all the houses and all the possessions repossessed during a war. And that wound sits there and it's festering. It may have been festering for generations. So when we get right to the real cause of it, real cause of this wound and we address it, then it's once and for all, that pattern will not come back. Maybe a different aspect if the, because sometimes it's, it's not that, Clear cut. Sometimes someone's problem with, let's say, attracting money comes from different sources. So there could be something from the mother's line and the father's line, and something from their childhood, and it all layers up. But if we if we dismantle these one by one, and we get to the very, very reason why is it? What's going on? What actually? What's the core wounding? What? What was the like significant event that happened? that triggered this chain reaction that sometimes been generational. Yeah. Then it's once and for all. So it's not like we have to go through the same old ground again.
0: Right? Right. And, you know, if it's something that you remember, that's probably easier. But if it's something that you don't remember, or can't access with that part of your brain, then how do people kind of get to that space of healing?
1: That's a great question. Uh, So of course, with your own stuff that Stems like you say from your memory. It's easy. We're working with the conscious mind, although sometimes are memories that we've pushed out to the yeah. subconscious and I believe that when you intentionally start co-creating with your field with your energetic field and with your with yourself when you actually set this intention like I want to find the origin of it your um, your subconscious mind will find ways to bring it to the surface
0: yeah for
1: example with me and my ancestors i was very often coming through dreams so uh basically certain things were being shown to me in a dream oh and and then i was waking up and thinking aha this is what it meant this is what they want me to focus on could be sometimes something (laughs) sometimes this field speaks to us to try to get our attention right. in a way that we understand. So for yeah. example, and sometimes it's like something will happen to bring our attention. It could be something not positive, like I don't know, your income will dry up so that you pay attention. Why has it dry up? What's going yeah. on? What's blocking this income? Or or your car will break down. I've had this, I've had this situation. I'll give you an example of an ancestral pattern, how I found it. Now I've worked with so many clients, so many ancestral patterns. For me, literally, I see it like threads of energy. I I listen to someone, and certain words will highlight. Yeah. Certain phrases they will use will highlight. So it's almost like I'm getting this kind of. This is it. Okay, this is what you. This is the thread you need to pursue. But when I was learning, it was basically like learning a new language. Um, so I've had this thing where I was being blocked from when I, whenever I wanted to go out and meet people. Um, and especially when it was involving like me driving somewhere, opening myself up to new connections, especially with new connections with women, something will happen. And mm. I've blown three car engines, one in Australia and one in Costa Rica. And then there was another car in Costa Rica for me to realize, it was a pattern it was something generational wow and 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 basically i was like why like it's it's not normal for two car engines to just right like that it's like and, yeah. and every, every time in the same circumstances me trying to go and meet other women and me going out socially so i started thinking where did it come from where does it come from investigating having a curious mind and then i felt a smell i went actually when i was at a car mechanic trying to figure out how to fix these cars i felt the smell of like a mechanics garage and it reminded me of the garage of my grandpa and my grandpa i never met him but he mm-hmm. left like a like a garage where he was repairing his cars and and motorcycles my grandpa was um died in a in a motorcycle accident he was actually drink driving so his own fault but he left my dad when he was three years old and a 31 year old uh widow uh, my grandma grandma and it was a massive ripple across the thing because a young 30 year old person dies leaving a a, mm-hmm. a a small baby and his whole family was almost like it was almost like the the, the ancestral memory of this whole family land. You're going out, you're meeting other people, you're using a car, that's dangerous.
0: Mm, wow.
1: So that was a pattern. And then once I've released it, I've got no problem now meeting friends, etc. etc. But you know, this is not relating to relationships, but that's how the field speaks. It can speak in many different ways. It's almost like following the thread. So usually first. If we really listen, we would hear it out in our conscious mind, but because we don't learn how to operate within this realm, we have to find other ways of communication. So our field can get our attention through, you know, our income drying up or our car breaking down or something like that.
0: Yeah. I had one where um, I was having like a repetitive pattern and I've been doing so much deep, deep healing work. And I was just trying to get, everything cleared up. I'm, I'm really passionate about it. And this one pattern kept coming around and coming around. And I was like, show me the, show me the source, show me the seed of exactly what I need to go to. And I woke up at 3 AM one night and saw a whole flash of the scene. And that particular flash is what I've been replaying. It's like some underlying story that was creating that pattern, you know? So now, as soon as I noticed that I'm like, Oh, okay. That's that. And that's not happening anymore. That's an old thing that happened like 30 years ago. But it's so interesting that I thought it was more specific trauma that I encountered. Like this traumatic thing happened. No, it was actually something that I witnessed. And there came a fear, like thought body that this was going to happen. I had to watch out for this constantly. Kind of like you're saying with the, you go meet someone, it's dangerous. It's kind of something similar, but how much stress it's caused my life is unbelievable. What a, a replaying story that I didn't even know the source of was. So it's very interesting.
1: Yeah, basically, we think with free people making free choices, but most of the <laughs> choices we're making are just running programs. What our, what our body, energy field, mind learned are safe. Right, uh, you know, this is say well, yesterday, uh, um, completely unrelated relationships, but it could be the same with relationships. Yeah. But a TikTok video came up of this young lad, and he was saying, You know, we were programmed that the normal amount of money to earn is two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars, because that's what our parents maybe earn, maybe five, yeah, but not like twenty, thirty, or 50. And right. and and he said like once I've realized that I've realized this is just what I've been conditioned to. It doesn't mean that that has to be my reality. It's the same with relationships. Or right. you know you may have learned certain pattern how your mama related to your dad, and if you have learned a healthy pattern, all the good for you. But then you also have the other side of the dynamic right. and what you've learned from 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 there. So you know it's all it's all like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, when you guys were in the, you went through your spiritual awakening first, then he went through his, were they similar or were they different or how could you compare the two? Um,
1: It was very similar, Uh, very, very similar. Um, I mean, for me, what prompted me was extreme stress. I was in under extreme pressure and stress in my business. The business wasn't going well. And that's when I started looking for solutions and looking for mindfulness and opening myself up to new modalities to working with, with to change my reality. That was my, you know, I don't wanna be spiritual or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just wanted a happy life, which I wasn't having. My business wasn't making money. I had employees that, you know, weren't really, um, you know was difficult for me to manage them because there was not enough money in the business. It was just like a recipe for stress. Right. And then at the beginning of COVID, beginning of 2020, when this business blew up and, you know, we had to go through the insolvency process, we had to, uh, you know, there was a lot of unhappy people. It's never a pretty event, especially when the business is big. We had investors, we had employees, we had clients and it all exploded because we couldn't refinance one of our buildings. The finances dried up people did not want to mortgage stuff and we had really high cost finance so and if it all went up like a grenade right we were that st- we were both I was already primed for it uh so I kind of and my guides turned up um and started connecting with me consciously about a few months before it's almost like warning me and holding me that something's gonna happen and it was really weird because at the beginning of COVID in January, 2020, when there was no thing like, oh, so we're going to be pandemic, we'll be locked right. none of it, but I knew uh, this is going to be something that's going to change the world. I will change my world. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so then the business blew up and my husband's whole identity and in fact, mine as well was that business. Uh, it was ev- everything, you know, was about accumulating, you know, mm-hmm. physical object and material object and status that the being a business owner brought and, and all of that, and it all exploded. Uh, they were very unhappy people yeah. because of our business decisions. Uh, we were accused of all sorts of things, quite publicly, and it was literally not just losing the business and the income, but also losing credibility, identity, and everything. Wow. And we started looking, well, what went wrong? why did it go wrong uh, and 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 we when we were like soul searching we actually came um across a really good psychologist who was also an energy worker so she worked with the conscious mind and with the subconscious mind and with the ancestry and then we simultaneously connected to our like spirit guys, the non-physical beings galactic beings and that was like a process of hey you can have you can rebuild your life it's like phoenix out of the ashes and we did uh we we're happier than we ever been bef- before but the process was just basically process of finding what's gone wrong why yeah. Why did it happen you yeah. know we've had all the education we've had good intention we've had a good mindset so what happened because people sometimes when they only look through the mind they can start blaming themselves like oh my god you know i've, I've literally i've screwed up i've done everything wrong etc etc But sometimes it's what's in that unconscious realm, in that invisible realm, because then when I started unpacking those ancestry patterns from both of our sides, it's almost like we were doomed to fail because we were replaying the stuff that our grandparents went through and our parents went through and, and we went through until we realized, okay, there's a lesson. Stop it. Let's do different yeah
0: almost like i wonder too if it was destined to blow up because you had another mission that was kind of being unraveled even though when it finally when it initially blows up you don't know any of that yet and like it's very unsettling but it's like you had you guys both had this higher calling
1: yeah absolutely and as i said it's never pretty in the meantime and usually most of the big changes and transformations are brought up by some kind of I mean, some people move gradually and evo- right. in an evolution way, sometimes more like a revolution. And for yeah. us, it was like that. And and a lot of people have some health issues or right. accidents or relationship breakdown. For us, it was a business breakdown. Yeah, It was quite difficult to navigate. But there's one thing for our relationship that happened and that always, when we look back, it makes us really believe in ourselves and what we've got out of the relationship. We were at least aware enough not to blame each other for the situation. We never blamed each each other once. So we never said it's your fault. You shouldn't have signed this agreement or taken this deal or taken that finance or decided that we didn't do it. We, we, I I don't even know how, because we were in so much pain and so much shock, but we kind of decided we're going to do it together. Like take full responsibility, like. We've made stupid business decisions. We were maybe too young and incompetent in certain areas. We were a bit like naive eh, and we take it. Yeah. It's, it's done now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now what? <laughs>
0: yeah, that probably made a huge difference because then you didn't have to deal with each other pointing the finger. You could just deal with yourselves and then rebuilding and finding yeah. your new identities and new things also. Yeah. But I'm sure that was extremely stressful. Anytime something that you've invested your life into collapses, it's going to be really hard, you know? And I think yeah. it takes a lot of inner strength to work through it together. And that makes me want to ask you like, I know we talked about going into when to hold the relationship and when to fold it, even when the times are tough. Like mm-hmm. you guys are both kind of down on the down on your knees, like, what are we doing now? You know?
1: Uh, I suppose the big thing is is the love is the is the love is the care maybe love is so undefined but do you care about this person yeah and do you care about you because if there is that as a foundation then you can work in unity through anything literally yeah. to anything and, and and you know people have different prices sometimes it's the loss of a baby we've we've, we've yeah. had we've we've we haven't gone through it but we've got friends who've just recently gone gone through something like that but no matter what life throws at you it's just basically is there love is their care right are you my friend or are you my enemy i mean that's tripping and of course there are so many layers but right. but it boils down to that you know because there's no ideal people there's no ideal relationship but do they really care about me because if they do then if it's always worth fighting for Uh, when they don't, when they don't commit, or they kind of run away or, or or there's, we know. uh, Inherently as human beings, what it feels like if someone cares or if someone doesn't care, we know what it feels like when we care and when we don't care. Right. That is a simple measure. And of course there can be wounds. Of course there could be challenges, but essentially that is the discerning point is there is there care because if there is care for one another there is hope it doesn't mean it's always going to work out but there is hope there is something to cling on to there's something to try yeah you know
0: yeah um when you mentioned like each partner kind of has to take care of themselves in some regard that makes me think of like sometimes I've had to experience this it's like you're, you're kind of on your own, even though you're in a relationship, like both people are in their own containers of healing and transformation in their own journey. And there's definitely times where you're like, do you care? Because they have to be so wrapped up in what their world is to kind of repair it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like focusing on yourself, and then you can bring the best version of yourself to the table, obviously, but it's like, at what point, like when needs aren't met, versus Self caring for yourself or like relying on your partner, and like if you could speak on that dynamic a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, you know what? I I don't know (laughs) why. When it comes to needs being met, I don't know, maybe my needs and expectations aren't extremely high. I'm not expecting my husband to be some superhero and tick all the books. Like, the only expectation I've got is actually love. Yeah. And th- does he love me? And I've, i, I it, and obviously there's also respect and stuff like that. Right. You know, I, I don't have, I I didn't, I'm not with him to have my needs met. Uh, and that's huge, and, yeah. You, you you know that's like, and I, I don't know why, and and has it always been like that? I don't know. Probably when yeah. we first met, it was different. Yeah. Eleven years ago, it was different because I was at a different stage. At this moment, right. it's like, yes of course yeah but i'm not i'm not expecting the biggest and i know what it feels like but before before we married i was in a different relationship that wasn't a serious wasn't a marriage but I, the guy didn't care they just kind of i didn't even feel the love so as soon as i could feel the true love and care for me that was almost like that's enough that's yeah. kind of how like, yeah you, you you know i'm not expecting you to be certain way i'm not expecting you to be this or that to me etc yeah because gotcha. yeah it, it's like people talk about divine unions. that like divine union within you know right. of course we, we've got certain expectations but for me i'll i actually like my own space when you say about your yeah. container and your stuff we we work together and we yeah. work together on our previous business. So we spend an awful long lot of time together in one house. But when it comes to the evening, I like having my own space. He likes having his own space and and I feel like that is quite healthy. And you know, people say, Oh yeah, at least it's good when you have some common interests, etc. We can't even agree, apart from maybe Star Wars, on one film to watch together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right
1: we just watch each to their own but right work as partners and we can kind of we we like traveling together as adventures but you know it's like if i expect my husband to watch period drama with me i'll probably be waiting
0: (laughs) till cows come
1: home it's not gonna happen
0: right right and i think it's big too, like to know what your needs are, if they're simple, if they're extreme and kind of match yourself up authentically with that. But the more that you care for your own needs and have less expectations on the partner meeting your needs, I think that it sets a relationship up for way more success and emotional freedom.
1: Yeah. Cause it's not so much like a weight of expectations, just, just, you know, flip, flip it around and just kind of like, I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm a woman and I don't know if a man expects, from me, oh, she's I'm gonna be an amazing cook and an amazing lover and keep the house spotless and, and money and be pretty and this and this and that. I was like, oh my God, what else? What's, what's yeah. that? And, and yeah, I can, I can do certain of these things very well. Like I love keeping my house tidy and I'm really good at that, but I can't cook to save my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and, yeah. and if someone so are you with me because we you know we kind of just like to hang out or are you with me for me to be your servant or and, right. and i know I'm, I'm taking it to like this like low level kind of like physical stuff but it could be the same with emotional needs like you know uh this, and 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 what do you say about needs being met it goes back to this little child What yeah. needs were met what, what what kind of and what needs were not met right and, and and ultimately when we're looking for love externally we always there's always a chance for disappointment right it boils down to actually revisiting those times where we lacked love where love was conditional because that's a sad reality of living on this planet it's not like that in other dimensions and right. other realms but here on earth love comes often conditional Even love from our parents is not unconditional. We talk about unconditional love, but we don't even know sometimes what it is. We just kind of like, you know, like my mom loved me unconditionally. My dad was an amazing dad. He was there, he was present, but he loved me conditionally. It was always like performance-based and I've learned that kind of thing and I almost expected that, that I have to prove myself in order to earn my husband's love.
0: exactly.
1: (laughs) yeah, and this these patterns are so so kind of common. So um, until you actually find this within you that it, right. it's not about a lack of care. Uh it's about like, yeah, you know what your needs are, but when you know what you needs so are you can actually kind of almost get that yourself.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to get anyway.
1: everything within your relationship. Like I was give you an example with the spiritual kind of yeah. I didn't have my husband to talk to. I spoke to my girlfriend and I was fine. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's huge. I do think that the more you recognize what the needs are, and I think it's good because you never even think of like one parent might have been unconditional. One parent might not have been. One parent might have been performance based, Mm -hmm. you know, because I identify with the same exact patterning, one parent and one parent. Mm -hmm. And I constantly wanna do a bunch of things to prove I'm worthy of love. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're already loved, you know, like relax.
1: Yeah, 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 it's not, it's not, it's not easy, especially when it goes so deep when we were yeah. little, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, this interview was amazing. Um, anything that you'd like to share before we wrap things up, kind of like tie anything together, any last important points? I feel like we could even go into a part two sometime because there's so much to go into.
1: Yeah, I I want to add one more thing regarding relationships uh, in general. I want to add one more point just to wrap it up. We haven't touched on it, but I think it's an important point to make. Very often we look for external relationship for what an ideal relationship is. And we find a lot of it from the films and books to other people's social media even people who you know relationship cultures they paint a certain picture of what a relationship should be there's couples that are kind of teaching divine union and we can get somewhere caught up in it yeah compare our relationship to some what we feel like is an ideal relationship and my message to you is look within what feels good to you when you remove all these external circumstances, when you remove all these kind of, you know, pretty pictures from Instagram or something, what actually feels good to you? Do you feel happy day to day with your partner? And if you don't feel happy, why don't you feel happy? Is it? Is it because you are comparing yourself, you know, to something almost unachievable? Like, you know, I'm a big fan of books and literature and romantic stuff and fantasy stuff. And sometimes I've got these kind of ideas, but I'm like, hey, not here on Earth. How is my day today? Right. And <laughs> and I feel like it's very important also when you're discerning, you know, when to let go, whether to change, is to go back to this own space. Don't have the idea of what your girlfriend thinks, what your mum right. thinks about your relationship, what your relationship coach thinks about your relationship. Right. How do you actually feel yourself? So go back within. Go back to your sovereignty. Go back to this calm state, relaxed state, not agitated state. And all the answers are here.
0: (laughs) Perfect, I love that. Very, very true. You do have all the answers. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And um, I'll have your website and the contact information underneath the interview when we post it in case anyone would like to find out more information about the things that you offer and work with you on a private basis. and
1: thank you so much thank you today absolute pleasure Um, um thank you so much
0: okay have a great day